Hey gang, Turner here with your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast. As predicted, dropping a hunter's party here to help get back in the first half of the week release schedule after being knocked into a back half of the week release schedule due to some complications recently. But hey, you are getting a supersized episode next week. Now, what that particularly means is that normally we record a single play session and that play session gets split up into two episodes. When we do a supersized episode, I just take that entire play session and kick it out into one release. However, those are sometimes bigger than some of y'all like to listen to on one sitting. So as requested, we'll split that up into two individual releases kind of back to back. Just a couple of quick announcements. One, as a reminder, we stream Monday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Twitch. That's previously been variety content, but we are launching in actual play at the beginning of the year. Shorter form content, not necessarily associated with the main campaign. Slightly smaller group, possibly some guests. Definitely not me DMing. We've moved on to other socials, so please hit us up on Blue Sky and Threads at GMDLcast. But our most active interaction will still be through our Discord. Y'all get up in there. There's some amazing people in it. I guarantee you, you'll enjoy it. Campaign episode next week. And again, shooting for a campaign episode every week after that. Barring, you know, maternal hospitalization, court appearances. But, you know, an icepocalypse, I think Austin's due for another one this year. Griffins, Griffins will delay it. Both the winged kind and the McElroy kind. You know, a lot of different things could come up, but barring those things, then campaign episodes all the way down until we wrap up Jazz's arc. So with that said, hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. And we are back. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of The Hunter's Party, the Supernatural Rewatch podcast with a 5th edition D&D homebrew twist brought to you by the Gimme Dilute podcast, the D&D 5th edition actual play podcast that has a Patreon now. Down to business. Joining me this week for episode 9, home are... Harlan, I play Todd the Tiefling in the Gimme Dilute podcast. And this is Jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme Dilute podcast. And Anthony, I play Babatunde on the Gimme the Loop podcast. So, uh, episode nine is very much a lore-heavy episode. Um, we get some some cool characterization stuff. We get some big meta plot advancement in this. Definitely a better episode than last week's bugs, but not necessarily the most action our, our new monster action he packed one. So uh, it was written by Eric Kripke, who is the primary writer and uh, architect of Supernatural, who would later go on to write uh, the and is currently doing The Boys on Amazon, um, which is why Dean shows up on The Boys next season. Uh, it was directed by Ken Garodi, who has a ton of directing credits, ranging from, to, from everything, ranging from Anne with an E, the Anne of Green Gables remake, 
to Orphan Black, a couple episodes of the Netflix's Daredevil. That guy's got some really decent episodes of some other shows underneath his uh, underneath his belt. And I think I think overall it shows in this this episode from some of the cinematography, some of the close-ups, definitely from the score uh, and some of the actors that they brought in. This one definitely just felt a little bit more produced that for an episode. Is that I mean, you guys agree with me on that one? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. A little more directed too. Looked like the guys had. They definitely had. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. They knew what the scene was. It just. It felt like a, a well put together episode. And you know, intentional. If I had to pick like a way, it felt like a much more intentional episode. Now that you say that, Harlan, it does. It definitely felt like yeah, they knew what more they were going into it. There's definitely mm-hmm. some soap opera fucking moments. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yes. There's a dramatic Dean head turn that made me yes. go, oh <laughs> shit. I know you're talking oh, about. Oh shit. And I will call that shit out when we get to it. So. Let's get into the episode. We open in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, with a woman unpacking some boxes by lamplight. She tearfully looks at a wedding photo before being spooked by her daughter, who claims that something is in her closet. Mom checks the closet, gives it the all clear, and then ushers her daughter back to bed as the daughter complains that she doesn't like the new house. The daughter has mom put a chair against the door for, you know, for safety, because ghosts can't get through chairs. She then goes back, Tom packing. Then she starts to hear some tips and taps. She's worried that it's rats. Head downstairs to the basement. A creak wakes the girl up. The chair slides out of the way. Mom stumbles through the dark basement, finds a memento box. The closet doors creak open, and as Mom flips through the picks of the Winchesters, a flaming form emerges from the closet, and the girl screams. Does she scream? She does scream. Yeah. So um, I started this thing from the flat out at the beginning, and I try to do this with every episode. They give you that little recap of like the last few mm-hmm. episodes or whatever. And I noticed that like as I was watching that recap, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good episode because it did the previously on Supernatural. And then it was just like all of the most traumatizing points from episode one up until this point. <laughs> 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 and I was, just, and I was just like previously on this tro- on this show trauma <laughs> we fucked up some childhoods welcome to the party pal so there's one thing about that scene of the 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 chair moving it there that girl waited way too long there you go to you go. to do anything I, for, first of all i have written i have written down that when she says, please, God, don't let it be rats. Rats alone is enough to make me move out of a house. <laughs> <laughs> but for that chair to move, she just looks at it. Then the door opens. She just looks at it. Yep. My yep. notes says, bitch, run at little girl. She moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, the kid is way tougher than me when that chair moves. Because I'd have been out. And then I got done. My, my joint was that... The ghost moved the chair, not just from blocking the handles. Mm. It moved it all the way out of the way of the door mm-hmm. as if once it was un- from under the handles, it couldn't open the door. No, no. <laughs> yeah, the ghost actually needed that chair to move to get so through. It, it, was, it actually right. does block ghosts, but you didn't know that. That The issue is that ghosts are particularly fucking sensitive about feng shui. So it's not just a matter of... They had to get it out of the way. They had to get the energy back in the room right, or that could really fuck up somebody's so, chi. So wait, here's a question though, because the ghost moved the chair to get out of the closet, but how did the ghost get out of the closet to move the chair? If you need to move the chair to get out of the closet, don't the ghost it's magic. magic man. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That does, it makes n- no fucking sense unless. 
there's there is something that we'll get into later in the episode where it's not just one ghost maybe it was a tag team effort in which case it makes it even weirder no yeah it clearly it's 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 weird uh, although it does maybe potentially and man i am really fucking stretching for him here if pays into ghosts can't cross a salt line but they can use shit to blow shit out of the way of the salt line they just gotta open into a window as we established ghosts can't go through chairs but they can use their powers to move the chair out of the way so then they can go through that portal <laughs> fuck i don't know man because it was scarier <laughs> to move the chair that's what i was that, thinking uh, i was like well, yeah. ghosts, ghosts are just trying to scare the shit out you yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the chair moving was scary moving that chair would have had me my note is man it takes us a minute to get that scream there and, and look i don't want to knock a kid actor good for her for being in this but dude she uh she didn't have that panicked frozen you know like, like there's that that kind of shaky gaspy mm-hmm. characterization that tells you somebody is is so scared they can't do anything and then the adrenaline kicks in and then they scream which is kind of how the pacing goes for that and other horses she just kind of was like what the fuck is happening? like it, it was i think it's in their bloodline we'll, we'll get to that later okay <laughs> <laughs> one, one more thing mom failed the investigation check in the closet yes Clearly not proficient in investigation. Yep. Well, how do you investigate uh, pol- poltergeist? Did did she go to look in the closet? The first of all, that closet was very big. She walked in. She specifically said she went to investigate. She walked okay. into the closet. Even with just within the context of the episodes that we watched, ozone and cold spots. That right there. Ghosty <laughs> ghosterton right in that fucking closet. Yeah. Uh, you would know. She she passive perception or does notice the weird tappy noise, even though her passive perception failed to notice her daughter coming into the room earlier. <laughs> okay. And where's the father? He did. Oh, I missed that. First of all, that that fucking rat noise. Unless those rats were putting on a fucking show, uh, like doing Pirates of Penzance. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Yeah, they've got the fuck exactly. This is early in the WB. It is fucking Michigan J. Frog, not rats, because it is not scratching. I have had rats, and you will hear a scritch scritching, and you'd be like, like they're chewing through your shit, but you do not hear a tippity tap tap tapping at my fucking bedroom door, Lenore, but then that shit is going down, so... That's, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, Jamoke Joe, the dad, who I don't know if he's dead. I got him. That's what I called the dad was Jamoke Joe. <laughs> uh, in the wedding photos, punching way above his weight class. Way. Way the fuck above his weight class. We don't know if he's dead, and that's why she's in it. But definitely, she she talks about getting a new start later. Clearly, he's not around. We don't know if he's dead or she was just a jerk and she left. Divorce. I got the, From the way she's crying over that photo, it feels like something happened to him. And because for a long time, I knew what was coming with this, having watched it before, I assumed one of those ghosts was going to be the dad. That didn't, spoiler <laughs> alert, didn't pay off. The uh, other thing I got this is, this is such a fucking drawn out scene, right? It's slow. That just, it is hardcore fucking horror blue balls. <laughs> where she, the, the scene where she stands in front of the closet and turns around back to the dark black closet and goes, see nothing there. And every other supernatural episode going forward, that's where something comes out of the dark. Hookman fucking scorpions in and yanks her ass back into that closet. She goes down into the fucking basement. She's flipping on light switches. No lights are coming on. Nothing happens. Walking through fucking bumps into a lamp. Nothing happens. Like, it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. There's like, but you know, I think all of that buildup made the chair moving scary. Did it though? No, a chair moving is scary. That, that's what made it. <laughs> I could see how if you were building to a pop scare with all the fake outs with her, how that would be effective. But they slide the chair piece in between her fake outs. 
So it's it actually kind of had the opposite effect for me because it's like, okay, Touché. now I know nothing's going to happen to the mom because the shit's going down upstairs mm-hmm. very slowly. Are we not going to talk about this uh, gift box of uh, Winchester memorabilia? We are going to talk about it, uh, but real quick, where I have bitch run is uh, ba- ba- new house, basement, no lights. You know you're in Supernatural. Bitch run. <laughs> That's what I have. Because the second you go down there, well, that was the thing too. She goes down with a flashlight into the basement and then spends 15 minutes hitting the light switch. I'm like, you brought the fucking flashlight. You know there's no lights down there. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like me, if it's me, I would go down there, hit the switch, be like, motherfucker, walk all the way back up to my kitchen, bitching, get the flashlight out, try and turn it on. Its batteries are dead because the motherfucking kids have played with it. <laughs> then I'm going to go out to the garage and find my actual flashlights that I keep stashed for emergencies. Then fucking set that down and get a Coke and then fucking go back down to the garage. Why did I come here? Realize I left my fucking flashlight on the counter, come back up and get it a second time, then go down and get killed by the ghost. So... <laughs> Realistic ghost Ghost is sitting there waiting the whole time. Oh, I'm gonna get up. Oh, he had to go back upstairs. Jesus. It's like, fuck it. I'm gonna go slide a chair around so some shit goes down. So, Harlow, what did you have on the box of treats? That house didn't burn down. Was it uh, no. not to the ground? That's actually they actually the, talked. Yeah, they say it didn't burn to the ground. That it was, didn't burn all the way down. But that house, this is, how many years is it? Twenty years. Yep. Dean uh, Sam is twenty years old. It's been a bit. That house has had that house has changed owners multiple times. Yes. No one's cleaning the basement. No one's went down there and seen any of the uh-huh. uh, memorabilia or anything in that basement in twenty years. It was kicked back behind some shit. It, it wasn't like inside of a wall, but it definitely looked like it was tucked behind some piers or something. Like they, I, you know, you're right. Just as fucking jazz is like, why the fuck? Why are did, how did the ghost leave the closet to move the chair, then go back into the closet? Obviously, that box is there to really tell us before this is their house. Anybody else knows that this is the Winchester's house. Yeah, but that box shows back up in season eleven. So at the end of this episode, you will see Sam tuck that shit in the fucking back of the car, and in season eleven, it pops back up. Believe it or not. So say what you will about Supernatural, and for a show that was on that long, they recall they. Do fucking have a very, they do a very, very, very good job about it, con- keeping a consistent series Bible and bringing that shit back from time to time. So, and, and in defense, I, I, I moved into my childhood home uh, after we were out of it for 18 years and there was definitely stuff in the garage that was still there when I left. <laughs> <laughs> I remember putting that there. <laughs> I remember leaving it there. Thanks. Real quick on Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, Sam and Dean Winchester are from Lawrence. Uh, the city's been referenced a number of times through the show's history. Uh, Eric Kripke, the creator, decided to have them be from Lawrence uh, because of the cl- its proximity to Stull Cemetery, a location famous for urban legends. The city served as the setting for a number of science fiction uh, writer James Gunn's novels, including The Immortals. Uh, which was actually its own TV show. Lawrence's setting for the 1983 television movie, The Day After, where the U.S. gets blown up in a fucking nuclear war, which fucked up a lot of kids in my generation. This is fucking weird. Lawrence, Kansas, Meadowbrook Apartments, residential complex, is the default starting point for the map program Google Earth. The location was set by Brian McClendon, a 1986 graduate of the University of Kansas and director of engineering for Google Earth, who lived in a com- lived in the complex as a child. Huh. So, allegedly, when you open up Google Earth, the first place fucking shows up is the birthplace of Supernatural. Hmm. So, 
You're welcome, America. Just hitting real quick on the uh, the cast members real quick. Uh, Jenny, the mom, is played by uh, Kristen Richardson. She's done a lot of single of appearance shit. She is most famous being for being married to a Backstreet Boy. She is still married uh, to whichever of the Backstreet Boys is a Richardson. The daughter, uh, sorry, Ginger Page, is our very first L Word vet of the episode. Wow. Most importantly, making it nine in a fucking row, kids, where we've got an L Word veteran in. She's not the only one in this episode. She also does uh, Battlestar Galactica. She's in Blade Trinity and the 4400. The little girls in Blade Trinity? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's three kids in this. I didn't include the son because he had like two acting credits. The little kid who gets locked in the fridge later. Right. But this chick actually had a pretty decent uh, career going forward. And then Joe, the plumber's daughter, who shows up, has also uh, been in a bunch of small parts. So that's the cast so far on this one. So we're going to leap forward to an exterior shot of the home and the mom screaming and banging on the window. Then we hear a blaring truck horn, which wakes Sam up and we realize he was dreaming. Dean's been researching cases. Sam is sketching a tree while Dean's going through them and seems uninterested in what Dean's saying. Sam all of a sudden recognizes the tree, goes and gets a picture and he pairs it up from the journal and uh, Dean confirms it's their childhood home. Sam says that they have to go home and save the people living there. Dean wants to know why. Sam tries to play it off, but then finally cops to having prophetic visions. We learned that when he that he dreamed of Jessica's death prior to it happening, very specifically, uh, which we knew back from the Bloody Mary episode, but he finally owns up to it to Dean. And now the tree is showing up. Dean questions what the fuck's going on with the visions. Sam gets animated that it might be linked to their mom and Jessica's death. Dean's hesitant because he swore he'd never go back. Sam insists and Dean agrees. I would have liked to hear more about the case of the man who shot himself three times in the head. Three times. Three times. That, that <laughs> he should have definitely investigated that because I need to hear more <laughs> about that. Just a, um, am I boring you with all this hunting evil stuff, man? Like that's such a broy. Like I'm sorry, we were gonna go kill the ultimate evil, Sam. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, the fact that Sam draws that tree three times and then just recognizes that random tree as a tree that's in the picture of their dad's journal was just like, okay, guys, I know you wanted them to get, see it, but this is out of control. The tree, not, what? That didn't make it. I was just like, all right, this is out of control. So I was going to say, I, I got something specifically for that. And it was just the fact that Sam, as I've mentioned in the past, is proficient in investigation. And him drawing that tree allowed him to, like, it's like, why am I seeing this vision? He threw it out. He's like, what is this coming? And then he investigated. He saw the picture in the book. It all came together. That tree didn't even look anything like the one he drew. Because he's not proficient at drawing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he's not a bard. He's not an artist. And like it would be one thing if Dean drew the tree and Dean saw the tree because Dean wasn't a baby when he when they left the house. But Dean was cruising some websites, <laughs> cruising some websites looking for cases, which is just real creepy, Dean. Real creepy. Uh, and the website he's on is Internet News. We cover the world, and I'm pretty sure he's using Netscape. To look at. It. <laughs> And, you know, this, this, like, the guy's having a laptop. And I know the, 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 you know, I think part of this is a side effect of the sequence that the first batch of episodes came out of. But now I think we're starting to see them having a laptop more consistently. But what the fuck is the internet service like in the sleep easy roadside hotel 15 years ago that they've got Wi Fi everywhere they fucking go? 
this is uh, we get our first shining call out in uh, in this scene, and there's definitely yep. a lot of shining and poltergeist vibes yep. going on through this. And look, I I know I work in interior design now, and, and so this may be take that not a lot of people have. But how many fucking patterns can you fit? In its single set dressing, the motherfucking wallpaper, drapes, <laughs> paneling, and comforter were like all a different, like they took a piece of a different hotel set and bolted them together into this Frankenstein-ass hotel room. And I was like, oh, holy shit, what is happening? This is making my head hurt. Is this what my job has done to me? That is definitely the job, because I didn't notice that. I didn't notice oh my that. God, dude. <laughs> like like looking at the patterns, I was like, oh, my. but it's not like, okay, this is a blue and red stripe and this is a thinner stripe. It's like one wall is like a weird blue floral pattern. And then another wall is the wood paneling. And then another wall is like striped red. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Nothing says cheesy motel then mismatched uh yeah. wall curtains and stuff like that you got if you want oh, cheesy- the other thing the curtains were like white with square i was like jesus christ dude I'm, i could literally hold dean hostage with this whole fucking tell room i could take this into work and be like okay uh, you guys want to see the scariest scene from supernatural ever <laughs> and fast forward it to this one our, our co-workers would shit themselves but the this does seem like they've gotten close to the layout of the hotel set that feels like they keep reusing in the future because as they go into this there is one hotel set that they constantly, you can tell that they redressed. Yes. Because it was like the same floor plan, flipped or moved around. They got a lot of mileage out of it. I think this very much feels like the proto, like the very beginning of that. The other thing I have on this, of course, is Sam trying to hide shit. Fucking fuck Sam. Sam is the worst. <laughs> it was all a dream, fucking Sam. And he's trying to hide his visions. No, you just got to trust me. Fucking Sam, man. Yeah. It's fucking Sam. And this is where we get that massive, pensive head term. To determine stare from Dean. <laughs> like, that is such a soap opera. Like, he's leaning down, head forward, just turns his head and goes, Yes, we do. <laughs> like, it's just, he, he was like, No, it begins. I was like, Dude, that's soap opera as fuck, but I dig it. And I kind of knew this a little bit, but I didn't realize how straight up and down it was. Jensen Ackles tested for Captain America in the Avengers. Oh, really? And didn't get the role. And they said, Hey, you didn't get Captain America, but do you want to be Hawkeye? And he turned it down to go back and be on Supernatural. Because he's like, nah, man, that's a bit part. Like he gets hypnotized. Like he just ended up not doing it. But he was he was in the running for it. Lost out to Chris Evans, and then went uh, turned down Hawkeye. But he didn't. um, He ended up doing okay. He's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll be all right. I mean, it's got to play Red Hood. Not that Marvel. Do Red Hood voice? Yeah, he's got he's got to do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. He's doing all right. He's got his own beer company. Back at that scene. Was I the only one who's like legitimately like mad at Sam at this point? No, it happens. You see, we're, we're vets. It happens so much. I just don't even get mad at Sam anymore. I open my <laughs> notes to this with "It's all a dream, fucking Sam," and I close my notes on this scene with Sam trying to hide visions, fucking Sam. <laughs> like that literally is my, hating Sam. That's how I bookend my notes for this section. <laughs> like my my notes say, "Holy shit, Sam! How the fuck have you been sitting on this this whole time?" And it's like, and I was like, I wouldn't want to go back if I was Dean either. Because like, it, well, why? What sense would it make to want to go back to the house where you saw like your mother die? Like that—that that was like I said, trauma. Like well, I wouldn't want to go back there either. And then Sam was—I uh, said Sam is right, but he's still an asshole for at least not saying something about all the the vision dreams to Dean, saying something about all that to Dean before now. Well, it, it, but credit to them at this point, because Dean goes, uh, fuck no, bro. I'm not going to go. You got to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not something they always do a good job at, either from a writing or from a character perspective. 
and he cuts through that noise and it surprise surprise advances the plot there are there are going to be times when he goes you just got to trust me man and one of the other one does that and they actually do that shit the guys roll into lawrence pull up in front of their own home meet the mom dean starts to pull a cover story and sam jumps right into oh we used to live here Mom says she found their photos, lets these two total strange dudes into her house after kind of giving them the eye. The guys walk through, Richie wants juice, Sari meets Sam and Dean. We find out the mom just moved here and needed a fresh start. Mom says uh, the house has issues with flickering lights, plumbing issues, and rats. Uh, Dean questions if she saw the rats, and mom says no, she just heard the scratching. Tapping. Bitch, it was tapping. Sari says to ask him about the thing in the closet, and then the boys learn about Fire Ghost. The guys barrel out of the house. Sam's freaked out and wants to go get him out. Dean says they don't have enough info to get it done. We cut to a gas station. The guys talk through their memories. Dean tells Sam he carried him out, which is the first time Dean ever found that out. We talk about mom being pinned to the ceiling. Dad never revealed if he had a theory as to what had killed her. And the guys say they have to try and figure out now what what happened back then so that they can figure out what's happening now. Uh, Dean says he has to go to the bathroom, calls the dad and leaves a choked up message about the house and asks him to please come. Dean definitely overacted that scene of the the bathroom call. Yeah. But that was just, that's classic Dean. Yeah. That's why, when you said that face he makes, I was like, you're talking about the bathroom scene, right? No, no, I'm not, not, I wasn't talking about choked up bathroom scene because yeah, that is Dean sad face. Yes. But no, I was talking about the, why would we ever go back? <laughs> but we have to like the uh, dram- like that like that dramatic head turn. What I've got for this is fucking Sam deception eject. Like not even before. Like, <laughs> Dean is getting his dice out to roll deception, and Sam slaps that shit out of his hand. Like, no, we fucking. <laughs> but they needed to. Like it, it, it was the, that was the better that was the better way in though. We used to live here. Worked out better. It absolutely was. It also seems like mom does a little bit. Oh, are these guys going to kill me or do I want to fuck with the math <laughs> with the eyes that she's given? <laughs> like, like, she, like, there's a real weird transaction between her and there. There, but she's like, mm, you might kill me, but mm, it's been a while since I got laid. So come on in, <laughs> gentlemen. Like, I will say, talk about Dean faces when he's walking through the house. Kind of Dean's expression and how he's looking around very much plays well to guy coming back into his childhood home. Like, like that. that that, mm-hmm. The way he characterizes that is really good. And of course, we get the flickering lights and scratching or the ghost signs. Cold spots haven't consistently showed up yet. And I think that ultimately becomes the one that telegraphs ghosts most frequently. But- I, like they did, I like they threw in the drain, too, from the other episode, the, the water episode. Where, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, dude, that drain scene. That's up next. That's a whole thing to itself. We'll get there. No, no, no. Oh. I'm talking about I'm talking about just her mentioning it. Like, as oh, one yeah. of the signs. Like, she's mentioning, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, flickering lights. Oh, that's yeah. an X. <laughs> Drain. Yep. We've seen people die that way because of ghosts. Like, oh yeah, she's she just like going down the list of like terrible things we've seen happen. All these things <laughs> that say ghosts, they don't bring off. They don't bring out the EMF. They do later. Yeah, they do later. Well, yes, later. Well, not in front. Not in front of her. Obviously, what would have been really funny is if Dean had instinctively reached to give the girl a little girl a forty-five when she started talking about what was in her closet <laughs> as a weird callback to that line. Like he started to give her a gun and, and Sam just go give her the head shake. No, like, no, dude, don't give the little girl a gun. <laughs> also, did they just, after that conversation of hearing that their childhood home might have some minor repairs, did they just run the fuck out? Cause it cuts from that <laughs> to them fast walking, like doing the bathroom fucking, Oh, I got to get to the bathroom fast walk out of the place. <laughs> and they hadn't gone through any other part of the house yet. Right. They had just walked in. Yeah. Very first place they go to is that closet hear the ghost thing. And then, Oh, we got to go, which obviously emotionally they should do that yeah. but it was also like at least pretend like you want to look around the rest of the house for us 
I think that's like I think that's the whole point. Not as I was talking about why they didn't do the EMF thing and why they didn't do their job and like what they do. Yeah. It's because it is sentimental to them. It's it's more than just yeah. a job. Yeah. Point. So even because yeah, even later on he does a callback. He says, "All right, what would we normally do? Yeah. If this was just a, yeah. And so that kind of goes to the whole Dean doesn't even want to be in the house. Right. Yeah. So that's why they they bolt out there because neither really one of them want to be there to do their job. Yeah. So I think you got a really good point there that that does speak to kind of how emotionally they are invested in this particular case. Yeah. So the note that I had on the bathroom scene is, hey, bro, that is a really shitty stealth check there, Dean, because you are not at all hidden. Like, like I go to the bathroom, <laughs> walk around the corner. <laughs> Bring up the we phone. can still see you like in a direct line of sight from that motherfucking chair, from the car door to tuck around and do the, the teary phone call. It's like, like walk around the back of the store. Try maybe try and go in the bathroom. It's a small, it's a small gas station. Bathroom's probably locked. Give it a shot. And clearly dad is listening to the voice messages because the mailbox has never been full. Now, see, right. <laughs> Plot <laughs> hole number one. It's um, never been full. Well, yeah, funny thing is I, I also, I watch it. I watch everything with subtitles on mm -hmm. and the number in the subtitles is yes. different than the number. <laughs> I noticed that also because I do watch the, the phone number that he says. I saw that. I didn't go back to that. And there was actually something that was tied to that with the Phantom Traveler episode. Because you remember back at the Phantom Traveler episode, mm -hmm. there was a number that ran and the there were two different numbers that ran before it finally went to streaming. And both of them actually went to a different voicemail message, mm -hmm. one for the dad and then one for Dean. And I don't, this one is still, I think, uh, like a regular phone number. It's not like a 555 extension, right? Is it that shows up? The one that's in the subtitles is 785-555-0175. But he says something okay. totally different. I was watching him with subtitles. He, he says 866. Six number. Eight six six, yeah, nine oh seven thirty two thirty five. So clearly they've changed it in the subtitling for the post run, but I guarantee you that was another ARG kind of fucking you call that number, you get another dad message. It might be worth going back and even checking out if that's the same number from those earlier or, or earlier episodes, Phantom Traveler, where that number had came up. So all right, we, we got it, we gotta get into sync scene. So uh, we cut to mom uh, showing a plumber the sink, saying that it's clogged up. Plumber goes to work. Toy monkey starts clanging. Yes. Toy monkey starts clanging. Plumber removes the sink trap. Then he unplugs the disposal. Monkey stops. He checks the switch, puts his hand in, feels a pinch, pulls his hand out, puts it back in. Disposal turns on and the monkey is happy. <laughs> <laughs> so was I the only one who knew that that handyman was doomed like the moment he appeared on screen oh, yeah. oh fuck yeah. off character we don't get to know anything about him dead not dead yeah but okay. yes maimed severely well nobody nobody had died in the episode yet so i was like oh he's gotta go <laughs> <laughs> anytime a garbage disposal is a fucking plot point in a horror show exactly. somebody's getting fucked up by that thing so they instinctively use our fears against us because anyone who's ever put their hand in a garbage disposal that is a fear. <laughs> you cut no. it off, you unplug it, you do all that, and you still think it might take your hand off. <laughs> Here's what I fucking learned because of this, and I didn't know this, and I have like I have replaced and put new garbage disposals in because they're not hard to swap mm -hmm. out in my house. Mm -hmm. Don't work the way that this would have to work to make this happen. Garbage disposal units work by using centrifugal force to grind food instead of blades. The plumber's hand, there's no fucking way it would have gotten as fucked up as it did to the extent that it was portrayed. So you've got, when you like when you stick your hand in there, you feel those pegs down at the bottom. Those are to spin the food around where they're flung up against a grinding element 
at the edge of it. So you could get your fingers kind of fucking knuckled up and mangled up and definitely could get pushed into that wall. There's no blades. But it's not like you're putting your hand in a fucking blender. Yeah, you're not <laughs> You're not fucking- Juicing uh, your hand. <laughs> chunk in the Goonies <laughs> with never, the Fratellis. He definitely juiced it. <laughs> did, did you say juicing your hand? <laughs> his, his hand was definitely juiced. <laughs> Which, oh my God. First of all, this is where I- this episode just feels particularly well-directed. Uh, we'll get into the whole monkey thing in a second, but the, the fact that they have him remove the trap, flip the switch up and down to make... Oh, unplug it. I'm sorry. Unplug it. Double check it. Mm -hmm. And then get up, flip the switch. You're like, oh, it's going to be so bad. He's checking, <laughs> he's checking all the boxes. Put his hand in. You hear a tink and he yanks his hand out, but he's okay. Sucks his finger, sticks his hand in. And then the shot of the goo pouring down <laughs> the trap that he removed earlier... Just well fucking done. But how much goo could one hand make? Seriously. Like that, even if there were blades in there, a fucking forearm's worth of fucking liquefied flesh poured out of that shit, man. Like it is like some Nickelodeon gack level fucking shit um, yeah. that yeah. pours through that And tube. for him to just be uh, and he had injured. I was like, whoa, no, that blood loss. He lost a whole human yes. body's worth yeah. of blood loss. Like, yeah. like that, it's like, oh my God, you, that is terrible. So- Okay, those fucking wind-up monkeys are also always a bad yep. sign. Yes. All right. I have that down. Monkey Shines was a movie that was uh, in the 80s uh, when I was a kid. Never seen the movie. It's actually a Romero movie about a guy who gets paralyzed and they get him a capuchin helper monkey that somebody's experimenting on that turns out to be psychotic and kills people. But the poster was fucking terrifying and fucked me up as a kid. Like, I, I hate those fucking things. Yes. With a deep and abiding passion. That, that is that is terrifying. Click on that link. Look at the poster. Holy fuck. And then the, you imagine the TV commercial associated Ooh, with that. Face ripping <laughs> monkey. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I see those things, I'm like, fuck you. No, I'm out. Goodbye. Have a nice day. And I love that they kept cutting back and forth from hand and garbage disposal, monkey face. <laughs> yeah. Hand and garbage disposal, monkey face. Like, oh. The monkey's looking at you like, you know it's going to happen. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> you know Do it. Wait happen. for it. Wait <laughs> for it. And he's fucking happy, man. When it happens, man, he is happy. He's like, you, this is what you came for. The minute you saw a guy working on a garbage disposal, you knew what was happening, guys. This is what you came for. <laughs> yeah. So there was a there was a deck save that happened here. He passed the first time and he uh, he failed the second time. Deck save fail, faux sure. Also, I would argue insight check fail. Right? <laughs> Probably much. Oh, oh no, man, because he did everything he was supposed to do. He, like, he should have saw that monkey. <laughs> That's it. He looked over at that monkey. He made eye contact with it. He made an insight roll and he did not pass. <laughs> he did not pass. Touche. It, and it's also possibly a Stephen King reference. There is a Stephen King short titled The Monkey, uh, where there's a toy monkey that's possessed by evil uh, that predicts the death of children. So we cut to a garage. Dean is talking to his dad's old partner, Gunther. The guys are posing as cops. Gunther talks about how stubborn their dad was and how much he loved his wife and kids. I don't know if this is the first time we find out that their dad was a Marine. It may have been referenced before, but there's definitely, they call out his dad, their dad's military background. And he eventually told his old partner that something started the fire. Gunther begged their dad to get help, but he just started researching the occult and we learned, find out that he was going to a palm reader. Sam rattles off the name of psychics in town as he goes through the phone book and we find out that one is referenced in the first page of the journal named Missouri. Uh, as they head over, Missouri walks a client out and reveals she lied to her last client about his cheating wife and voids the boys in by name and compliments how handsome they grew up. Uh, she seems to know all the details about them giving her bona fides as a legit psychic. We learn that she can read thoughts and sense energies, but she's not completely clairvoyant. 
Uh, their dad came in for a reading. We find out she gave their dad the talk, uh, and Missouri scanned their house and felt the evil. So everything about the the old coworker Gunther, I, I, that was like you know exposition, exposition. I legitimately got excited when I saw Loretta Divine. Like I literally just typed in Loretta Divine, <laughs> and then uh, in parentheses, this is gonna be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see her name scribble across the front of the episode. No, 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 I didn't. I, I, I don't pay attention to those because I'd like, be surprised by the answer. Man, nobody watches those credits. I will give. I will. I will have Jazz business back on that one. So. Real quick, Joe the Plumber, the guy who got his hand uh, liquefied, is Jerry Rector. He's been in a ton of stuff, but most notably, The Vampire's Kiss with Nick Cage. Gunther, the partner, has been in tons, including 21 Jump Street, MacGyver, three different characters on The X-Files, our other L-Word veteran of the episode, uh, Slither, Stargate, Blade the Series, Battlestar Galactica, and will pop up in Supernatural a second time in the future. But not as good. <laughs> cold banging is a great phrase. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I was thinking the same thing. Like cold yeah. banging. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, yeah. not just yeah. cold banging. <laughs> cold banging the garden. <laughs> straight, up, straight up cold hearted banging. You know, it is. Yeah, that is a good turn of phrase, man. It, is, it absolutely is. And Missouri, dude, Missouri's great, yes, man. 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 Missouri's great. Great game. She yeah. does potentially play into a trope. And we, we talked a little bit about that earlier. You know, I think her accent and the way that she's characterized does put her at the very least adjacent to the trope that, that comes up in a lot of these. She definitely is. <laughs> you guys kind of spoke to that a little bit. You, and I think your feedback was that, yeah, it's okay. She does it so well. And it's the Southern accent, right? That, it's, yeah. it's a number of things <laughs> with her, but the, the Southern accent for sure. It's, it's it's her mannerisms in general. Like she always has that wise and yet exasperated look of like she talks to Sam and Dean like Mammy. Like she, like yeah. that's how she yeah. talks to them. Like I yeah. raised you, you exactly <laughs> raised you when you were a kid. Like she talks to them like this. So it kind of has that. Definitely has that feel to it. Yo. It feels like she's constantly got an ooh child in the chamber. Ooh child in like is in the chamber at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. When she got mad at Dean about thinking about putting his feet up on the table, I Dude, was dying. Her <laughs> dynamic with Dean, yeah. this entire episode, uh, uh, like the chemistry between the two of them was just fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. From, oh, y'all grew up handsome. You were an ugly kid. <laughs> to, don't even think about putting your feet up on my table. To, shit that happens later in the episode. Yep. Like, she like, she leans into that. <laughs> Dean is st- is an eight-year-old in a, in a fucking however many years old body he is in this so well. And, and just turns him back into that little boy when she fronts him out. It's just fucking so good, man. Yeah. yeah. So I think I got on this is, ah, pay phones and phone books, relics of a simpler time. (laughs) 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 And then uh, if anybody was curious what the Bible quote was on the wall behind them that gets flashed as Missouri walks out, is he giveth power to the faint and to them that hath have no might, he increases strength. Isaiah? Isaiah 40, 29, 31. Yeah, Isaiah. I I thought it was a really cool quote to have hanging, particularly in Missouri's, especially how that relationship pulls to the boys. It may just be random set drenching, but if it's intentional, again, it speaks very much to mm-hmm. how well this episode was put together. Black people didn't have Bible verses hanging around the house. Don't put that on us. <laughs> I ain't got a Bible verse anywhere in my house. I said 10, 10 too. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah, stereotypically, stereotypically, yeah. Can I do that? 
very much about talking about this show is talking about tropes and talking <laughs> about them in both a positive and a negative. Because look, there are positive tropes, there are negative tropes that mm -hmm. are tropes that are employed without bordering into races. I guess, I mean, that's that's what I would argue is Missouri definitely falls into a trope that has the potential for characterization, but it is handled in such a way that doesn't necessarily make it a negative in this episode. Yes. At least that's the vibe I got back from you guys yeah. coming back from this. Like this wasn't a misused instance of that particular trope, it, uh, partially because of how just goddamn good the character is at it. Yeah, and I think that's what, that, that's what yeah. Jazz said with Loretta Devine playing the character. You're like, okay, got it. That, that, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. We cut back to mom on the phone getting hassled by the plumbers. She <laughs> hears a noise and heads back up, leaving Richie in the pen. Uh, we cut to Missouri. She's surprised that something is in the house because it had been quieted before. Uh, something frees Richie. He unlocks the fridge. There's some juice in there. Richie makes a move on the juice and gets trapped inside. Mom returns, is freaked out that Richie is gone. She searches the house in a panic state and sees milk running out of the fridge and gets Richie out. So... I went through like this weird like roller coaster emotional ride with this because I was like, all right, we come back. She goes she's like she's going back and forth with the uh, the plumber guy like you're talking about, and then she goes upstairs and leaves the baby downstairs. Like who the hell just leaves the baby downstairs? Like that baby was in a cage. That baby shouldn't have went anywhere. <laughs> baby listen, was in a cage. Listen, listen, listen. He was in baby this prison. Is, this, again, this is super. This is supernatural. That baby is doomed. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> Do doom baby is doomed, and then. <laughs> And then when it started to unfold and they put the baby in the fridge, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, refrigerator? Ooh, you gonna kill the yeah. baby in the refrigerator? How you gonna kill the baby in the refrigerator, <laughs> first of all? Don't, fr don't fridge a baby. You're right. a hey, baby. First of hey, all, it's it's a play on the trope stuffed in the fridge. It's called kid in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fridge a baby. <laughs> don't fridge a baby. So, oh my God, this house is haunted by Eldrin. <laughs> Then the mom comes back, finds the baby in the fridge, it gets about, and I was like, oh, thank God, the baby passed his con save in the fridge. First of all, first of all, <laughs> the ghost was smart enough to put that juice way in the back of the fridge, so he had to go into the fridge to go get it. And put the latch back in place, because yeah. anybody who grew up in the 80s and watched G.I. Joe or fucking He-Man or anything knows, you don't play inside fridges because you'll die, and no one is half the battle. <laughs> Yeah, like there were three things that killed a lot of people apparently in the 80s kids crawling into fridges quicksand and uh getting into cars with strangers who wanted to give you candy <laughs> down power lines get you too <laughs> yeah. down power lines <laughs> absolutely right because jumping right. your bikes over those is not a i also have another one like i mentioned earlier it must be in the genes in the family. That kid is sitting in a dark refrigerator and does not make a sound. Yo. He doesn't cry. I didn't think about that. He doesn't yell. He's sucking on that juice, man. That's because that's the note I have on this. Is like, that's what happens to drug addicts, Richie. <laughs> 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 Fucking sucking on that juice. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he didn't make a, that, that's how you would have caught me in that refrigerator the minute they closed that door and that light went out oh you would have heard me across the street <laughs> well, what's what's weird about that is like what we what she sees to get him out because the coast puts the fridge lock in place unnecessary just a fucking slick move goats the the milk is running out of the front of the fridge but he's not freaking out so how the fuck did that milk carton break you know what i mean like if he was in there like kicking and he, like she opened it up and he was like kicking and freaking out be like okay he lost his shit and kicked open the milk carton yeah. but he's just chilling i think he knocked it over 
Now, see, he he kicked the milk open on accident, trying to reposition so he could sit down and drink his juice. <laughs> He's getting at the it bottom just, of the juice, man. Like he right, lean like, back into like he, it. Like he, he got comfortable inside the fridge. He like turned around, kind of got his feet out in front of him. We know that once that door closed, it was pitch black in that <laughs> But like you said, the baby wasn't chilling or maybe wasn't tripping. So he's just in there chilling <laughs> as, uh, as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's, drinking, he's drinking juice. Yeah, I got my fucking juice, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, don't need, so, you don't need to be able to see to drink juice. <laughs> right. I say, I got the juice in my hand. Especially in a fucking sippy cup, man. You just get that shit right up in there and sip it out. Right. I got the sippy cup here. I know where this is at. All I got to do is sit my butt down and get comfy and I'm sipping my juice. Like, what? <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, the guy, the boys show up with Missouri. Dean starts in with they want to show uh, show Missouri the house. Mom demurs that it's not a good time. Dean starts to get snippy, and Missouri slaps Dean down. <laughs> tells mom that there's something up with the house. They do a walkthrough. We learn that Sam's nursery would be the center of dark energy. Dun, dun. Here comes your EMF, Harlan. Mm-hmm. Missouri calls him a, a, a uh, amateur. Amateur. <laughs> Missouri reveals that there is a ghost, but it's different than the one who killed their mom. And in fact, there are two spirits there that the evil that happened in the house to their mom turned the place into a magnet for the supernatural. And it's attracted a poltergeist that's trying to kill the kids and that Missouri can't identify the second one. So the psychic psyched her way into the house. I got concerned <laughs> be- very much because uh, I, I thought that Loretta Devine was foreshadowing her own death or her character's death uh, when she started talking about how the shit was going to hit the shit was going to hit the fan once they started, you know, doing the uh, the plan. And since you know um, it was, and I was like completely convinced she was done because they kicked the wife or the mom and the kids out the house. I was like, you can't kill all Sam and Dean. She's the only one left in the house. She's got to go. So again, we get a little bit of good Dean dynamic there. I don't think she's psychic her way into the house. She just fucking raised eye like she. You know what? You know something's going on. Like like she just yeah. flat out raised raised eyebrowed her way in. Why didn't she psychic her way? She would have known clearly that the couch was just locked in the refrigerator. She did though. She was reading the lady's thoughts to her, saying like, "You know something's wrong here. That's why you're going." That was sad. I don't think I don't think she did that. She just kind of like you know, you know. <laughs> you see it. <laughs> I think she get, got the credibility for slapping Dean down. Again, that <laughs> dynamic between those two in this episode is fantastic. That's the second time his con did not get go past step one. <laughs> Speaking of blue balls, there is a lot of Dean deception check blue balls in this episode. <laughs> Sam, a creeper voice, comes back the sequence. Of course, Sam's room would be the center of the dark energy because Sam is the fucking worst. <laughs> From birth? (laughs) Yeah. Well, close to it, maybe. We get a very dramatic closet open as well. There's a big sweeping opening of the closet doors to an empty closet. So we're back at Missouri's place. Uh, Dean's making uh, hoodoo bags with Angelica root, Van Van oil, and crossroad dirt to put in the walls at the cardinal points of the house to, to, to lock it down. We learn the bags will purify the house and they need to work fast because once they start to put them in, the poltergeist will throw a fit and protest. And that's all I've got for this scene, but I got a ton of shit on just this little scene. So have you guys got anything else before I dip into my crazy fucking lore dive for uh, this? I just realized I had jumped ahead into that already. My fault. No, no, no worries. So that, first, uh, before you get into that, Dean, the face, of course, Dean tastes the shit. And the face that he makes, it is a full on Dean man baby <laughs> move. It's just so good. So a, a couple of sites references is the first appearance of hex bags, which I would say is not correct. These are, in fact, more traditional hoodoo mojo bags. They're referred to as mojo bags, and the ingredients 
that they're putting into them. A couple of them are, you know, one of them's fake. Uh, two of them are associated with actual traditional hoodoo. Uh, of course, hex bags are a big part of Supernatural in the future and make an appearance in the Winamajo fight. When the one of the kobold wizards throw uh, cast heat metal at Baba, she hits him with a hex bag, which is 100% a Supernatural <laughs> reference. So I thought that was... I think hex bags are a really cool use of components and spell effects. I think I just... I kind of dig the way that they would potentially p- play into uh, magic and D&D. So uh, apparently what I discovered is I started like, because of course she's like Angelica Root, Van Van Oil, and Crossroad dude. I'm like, okay, to the Wikipedia, here we go. And couldn't find anything on Angelica Root right off the rip. And it started poking at it a little bit more. Apparently there used to be an official website, which was supported by Warner Brothers, that contained, contained additional lore and Easter eggs and like uh, like some different like you go and click on cracks and unlock stuff. They, they stopped supporting it after the 18th episode of the second season of a show that would go for 15 fucking seasons. <laughs> but the, the wikis out there, because there are two different wikis that we tap into for this show, have captured and saved a lot of that, uh, a lot of that uh, data that's out there, which is fantastic. So one of those entries was for Angelica Root, uh, which according to the supernatural lore, is also known as Holy Ghost Root. It's believed to be a a very powerful guardian and healer that also provides strength to women, used by many to ward off evil and bring good luck to health in the family. Some might even put the root near their baby in a white flannel bag. If put in a blue flannel bag with lavender, this root is thought to bring peace to a marriage. In America, it's commonly found in African-American mojo bags prepared for protection from evil, for uncrossing and to break a jinx. In powdered form, it's an ingredient in sachet powders used for healing and blessing. Or sachet. Fuck, I'm from Florida. I'm in Texas. I don't know how to say shit. Uh, It may also be dusted on magic candles and used for protection and prayer in matters of spiritual peace and blessing. None of that has a real-world fucking analog. That is pure goddamn lore. Angelica Root does pop up four more times in the series. Uh, In the real world, Angelica Root is a pretty broad spectrum of plants. Angelica Archangelica, literally Angel Archangel Root, botanist, you could have gone a little bit deeper on that reference, thanks, Uh, is definitely an herb and is one of the key ingredients in a lot of gin, but it is, it does have some health, health properties to it. Um, So there's just not, I could not find a real world corollary for that ingredient. Van Van Oil from the Supernatural uh, Wiki website uh, is listed as an old hoodoo formula for oil, incense, sachet powders, and washing products that are intended to get rid of evil, uh, provide magical defense, change bad luck to good, as well as strengthening other charms. It's most popular, uh, it's the most popular of the New Orleans hoodoo recipes. As a good luck enhancer, it's closely associated with both Rabbit Foot and Lodestone. While I couldn't find a real-world corollary for Van Van Oil from a lore describer, it doesn't have its own Wikipedia entry. It is, however, mentioned in the entry for Black Cat Bone, which is a component for Hoodoo, and you can buy that shit on Amazon. So you can pick up some Van Van uh, Voodoo Van Van Oil on Amazon right now. Crossroads Dirt, same thing, uh, has real-world links to Hoodoo. And yes, you can buy Madam Yaya's Crossroad Dirt on Amazon. We'll put that link in the show notes for our patrons. If you guys want to pick up some authentic Crossroads Dirt, by all means, feel free to do so. Mm. I know where Crossroads is at. I can go get some dirt. Well, you can give, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up some Crossroad Dirt, you can pick up Harlan McKenzie's Crossroad Dirt. Road dirt, but I will also be selling on Amazon soon. <laughs> there was, dude, this, I will tell you right now, and I haven't gone down that road yet, but this, th- these two entries are the gateway to the Amazon supernatural section, not supernatural, the show, but 
witchcraft oh. supplies that are being sold on Amazon that I'm like, oh, dude, I could lose a couple <laughs> days up in this fucking goddamn bitch. Like, there's just some weird shit out there. So we cut to Missouri, ushering the family out of the house, telling them to go to a movie. Sam's tapping on a wall. A lamp comes out and sneaks towards Sam. Dean is in the kitchen going at the wall with a hatchet. The knife drawer opens. Missouri's in the basement, gets crotch slammed by a growling dresser. <laughs> Knives fly at Dean. We get a classic table block. The lamp chokes Sam out until Dean saves him, throws the bag in the wall, and we get the a very poltergeist movie classic boom. Yeah, um, I have the ghost was wasn't too persistent with Dean. Everyone else he locked down. Then he threw some knives at him and was like, all right, that should do it. <laughs> that should do it. <laughs> he won't get away from these knives. The rest of them could not move. Dean was, nope, free to move about the cabin. <laughs> Does Sam think he needs to find a fucking stud? Why is he tapping on that wall? Like, Dean goes right in the kitchen at it with a hatchet. Like, it's like, it, Sam is like, dip, 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 with that fucking hammer. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken him long to find empty space. Well, no, some of those old houses... Old houses don't even have stuff. They've got that pleated wood behind it. It's really weird. Yeah. All right. Well, now, yeah. okay. Now you've made a point. <laughs> if Dean didn't come walk in and kick a hole in the wall in 15 seconds at the end of the scene, I might give <laughs> Sam that, but I think he was just being a douche, especially when he gets his fucking ass kicked by a fucking lamp. And not only gets his ass kicked by a lamp, but totally falls for the juke maneuver that that lamp does at the beginning. If you watch that scene, like the lamp falls and crashes. Sam looks toward it and that's when it fucking strikes. Like that Got lamp it. fucking totally stunted on uh, Sam. And Dean has to come in. And to, to his credit, Dean can't unwrap it. Like it's got him in a serious enough choke that he's got to uh, bag the wall. So but, I got to say, like the DM setup for this encounter was uh, was pretty, pretty well done. You, you know, you tell your players, hey, you've got to, like, the only way this works is that you guys have to split up. You split the party. You got yep. to. DM got to <laughs> split the party. And so now they're all separate from each other and you've all got to synchronize and do this thing at the time. So now you've activated the encounter and immediately. Everybody give me a deck save. <laughs> fail, pass, fail. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is this would be a good setup for this. And and you uh, just gave him you just gave uh Turner's <laughs> No, moves. I've I've already used something similar to this because I like that lamp choking out Sam has definitely got some rug. Todd getting fucking traumatized <laughs> by rug elements to it. Like I saw that and I mean I was like, Man, I can't go back to that well. I can't I can't. <laughs> Can't you though? <laughs> no, I can't. But seriously though, why the fuck did that growl, that dresser growl? You know what I mean? Before it came in and crotch slammed Missouri. Like I don't. It was it was breaking the static friction on the floor. It was that was that's what that growl was. It, was... it wasn't scuffing, man. No? You listen okay. to that because I went back. I was like, because I thought there was like, am I just listening to it being drugged across the floor? No, it gives a straight up roar before it comes out. Oh. I'm like, okay. I, I thought it was a scuff. No, no, it, it's, it's a growl, man. It's going straight for that cross slam. <laughs> so Missouri and crew survey the damage. She says the house is clean. Sam's weird about it. Mom comes home, sees the damage, and Missouri volunteers Dean to fix it. And then the crew, crew rolls out. We cut to mom in bed. Exterior shot of the house. Back to mom. The bed starts to shake the boys are out front keeping watch sam has them there because he's still creeped out we see the mom pop up in the window and scream like sam's vision fire ghost pops up in the closet jenny is is stuck in her room dean kicks in her door sam goes to save the kids fire ghost slowly turns dean and mom run out we see sam carry the kids down tell them to run out and sam gets yanked back the kids tell dean that sam's trapped in there and we see the door slam bro she was too nonchalant when she came home <laughs> yeah. she's like she's like we're good don't worry about it we're good <laughs> what's going 
on. We're good. <laughs> destroyed all my precious belongings. What is uh Not even the destruction. Why are there knives, <laughs> multiple <laughs> knives in my table? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, God damn, if I knew it was going to be that kind of party, I'd stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Like, it was like... <laughs> Deep cut, beastie boy reference. <laughs> Dean gives that Zelda Rubenstein reference. Yes, here's the Zelda Rubenstein reference. Bringing it, bringing it back. Our other poltergeist ele- element. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Which I didn't know who. De- de- I had to look it up. But uh, if you, you've seen poltergeist. It's this house is clear. That that lady. This house <laughs> clear. Yeah. I gotta say, I think th- them engaging or, um, Missouri fussing at Dean about cleaning up the mess <laughs> was probably my favorite Get that situation of them two going back and forth at each other. <laughs> don't worry, Dean gonna clean it up, and he looking at her like she crazy. She's like, go get the mop. <laughs> don't, don't, and that's why she said, don't cuss at me, boys. Yeah, don't yeah. cuss at me. Yeah. Don't you cuss at yeah. me? <laughs> he called all sorts of names in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I could have done with another three or four episodes of that for sure. Man. Like it was, you get you get a little good old stalker Sam because again, Sam wants to sit out in, out front of a, of a lady's house like a, like 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 normal. <laughs> you also get your kick it uh, kick it before he picks it picks it moment here. I didn't my notes too. <laughs> <laughs> kick it before he picks it straight up in there. Sam's line uh, when he says, "Carry your brother out as fast as you can" is. De- direct callback to the pilot mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then there is a uh, th- that whole grabbing of Dean and pulling him into the kitchen and then shot of the door and then s- slamming it shut is straight up evil dead like there's that is an evil dead mm-hmm. pan and slam move there at the end with, with the yank and maybe that's what maybe that's that they are leaning into some classic horror cultural touchstones on this man because you definitely got shiny you've got the poltergeist elements for sure there's a shining dip into there and then there's there's this last 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 piece is very evil daddy which is interesting sam dean loads up and starts chopping the door sam gets ghost slam uh dean knocks through the door and ghost pops in uh dean goes to shotgun fire ghost sam stops him and we learn that fire ghost is their mom she says hello to the boys and apologizes to sam and then ghost mom flames on and runs off the other ghost by flying at the ceiling (laughs) and then uh sam declares it's over that uh, that ghost that had Sam choked up was very respectful of um Sam's mom because he, he just paused completely, uh, choking choke slamming um Sam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just about let them have their conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and then she says, "Okay, leave my son alone." Then he goes, "Okay." Then she does it. Be be, be cool. Give him their moment. Give him their moment. <laughs> he, have this. He, he was surprised by the plot twist too. He's yeah. like, "Mama." <laughs> 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 oh shit this is not real <laughs> I definitely feel like I got robbed of a ghost fight though man I was like she fucking flame on and then just oh it's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I made a note that uh, Dean took his free actions since he was outside of combat he took the free actions to equip some non uh, some weapons <laughs> that the ghost wasn't immune to <laughs> Yeah, he definitely rock salt shotgunned up for sure. Yeah, so he, you know, he got took the free action to get some non-immune weapons. Came back in, found out the fire demon is mommy, and then fire demon mommy casts sacred flame. But she's like super high level, so it does a lot of damage. It's got to be like what, like five sixty-eight at this point. Since <laughs> <laughs> she one shots that other ghost for sure. If that's what we are yeah. to assume by the the ceiling fight, she also <laughs> apologizes to Sam, and he goes for what, and we don't know. And she just. Well, we know, we know 
but 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 jazz down I, I do not so. and i have questions <laughs> that is a long con play that's a, a season one con something for something you get way loud. i was like okay i caught that i was like all right no they they that pays off is first, it first season, season i think i i think i don't think it gets super deep with it first season hang on let me pull up just just don't 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 tell me i don't want to know i'm not Ugh. telling you shit man i just want to <laughs> see if it pays off in the first season i don't i don't think it was this season uh, i'm just looking at the season list here and what the fuck is with sam's face when he meets their mom they're like that is some he's being ghost trip. oh sorry i just realized i actually have kick it before you pick it twice um <laughs> Uh, I put down Dean subscribes to the rule of kick before pick whenever he took the uh, the hex bag and threw it in the wall because he didn't like try and knock out the hole with the hammer that Sam had started. He just kicked the fucking wall in and threw the bag in there. Mm-hmm. The correct thing to, to do. And he then, also tried to kick the front door. <laughs> it just did not work. It just didn't work. No-mm. Yeah, when he comes back for the front door. <laughs> My man had an axe in his hand and still yeah. tried to kick it before. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when he kicks Holy the front shit. door, I was like, Dean subscribes to the Kick Before Pick magazine. Like, that's. T- <laughs> we, just, we need a scene where Todd walks up to pick a lot, gets out his thieves tools, rolls them out methodically, <laughs> selects the right pick, throws it to the side, and then tries to kick open the door. Like, like, <laughs> pulls the right pick out picks his teeth with it <laughs> throws it to the side and then fucking kicks the door open if that doesn't make it into the podcast you failed me do you even have thieves tools in your equipment yes oh, okay I've, I've picked i've picked multiple locks yeah and he's proficient yeah. with them yeah i know I, he's i know i know he's proficient with them yes. whether or not he bought them i, I don't know are you picking any locks i don't i don't remember you picking locks either but that's fine i picked the lock that lets um where what's the name mo goes to sleep and then i was supposed to do the sleeping beauty one i, I picked him early uh yeah and you actually pick the lock the to the oh, in to the tomb uh you pick the lock to the tomb in that yeah so you picked a couple of locks just in the first yeah I picked a few locks. but at a certain point you stop <laughs> yeah absolutely like man this is <laughs> fucking way more effort than it's worth and just start kicking shit <laughs> the picking a lock is just secondary to if kicking doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> But kicking has never worked. It worked for you. I just filled that check. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't never picked the door down. I blew a door off the hinges with my kick once. I did. See, what it is is that he's seen he's seen the effect of the lock being picked, and he's seen the overall effect of a door being kicked the fuck in, and he knows which one he'd like to have more. I think I've actually picked the lock and then kicked it open. as like just the walk through the door. <laughs> that sounds like a thing to do. I do remember that. You picked the dock and then you gotta boot the door and then kick it open anyway. The door to let them know you mean business. Yeah, season it pays off in season one. So oh, season one, yeah, okay, it pays off. In and season then I have one. another note: self sacrifice, guys, for the for the for the good of the family. For yep. talking about Mary, the, streaming. Yeah, that is very much mm-hmm. a theme for for supernatural tapping herself out so she's sure. she's uh she's related to dom toretto then <laughs> yeah no Jesus i've never Christ. seen that in the new movie all i just see is the memes family <laughs> yeah that's, that's all i'll be honest with you i've never seen a single one of those movies <laughs> really not even the first yeah, one not even the first one wow okay the closest i've come is when they had El- idris elba turn into a fucking yes. super villain <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me we have The Rock, Jathan Statham, and Idris Elba is evil fucking Captain America? I am real close to watching one of these movies. Oh, wait. There's a rock uh, scene where Rock does a Maori dance at the end of it? I'm sorry. I am out. Kevin Hart makes an appearance. It's actually pretty funny in that movie. <laughs> oh, dude. I love, I love Kevin Hart, man. I've only seen one, two, and the drift one. Oh, you watched the third one? Yeah, I'm sorry. I did too. No wonder you haven't seen it anymore. That was the last one. That was like, okay, all right, now y'all are dumb. 
<laughs> so back during the daytime, Dean looks through their old pictures and thanks mom and tosses the box into the back of the trunk where it will stay for 10 more seasons. Missouri confirms that the house is clean for really real this time. We learned that mom destroyed herself by going after the other ghosts. There's that self-sacrifice. Missouri apologizes for not catching that. Sam sensed the ghost and Sam wants to know what's happened to him. The boys roll out. Missouri heads back to her office and calls out Sam's powerful abilities, but questions why he couldn't sense their dad. We cut to Papa Winchester. They're on the couch and Missouri gives him a hard time, but dad can't see them for plot reasons. Until he knows the truth. Uh-uh. Cut to black. My notes are supernatural deadbeat dead. And then what truth? Because I, I, I need answers. I, I'm afraid you're going to have to watch a few more episodes, man. I am afraid that's going to slow play out. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need sleep anymore. <laughs> I, need, I need answers. I, uh, I, do, I don't have a problem if you watch ahead, man. I, I absolutely don't. You still have the new perspective kind of coming into it. So if you if you want to knock yourself out, go and not speak. Go crazy and then watch the episode. I've, like I said, I've, I've already watched these episodes like five times already. And still watch them before the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I did a, a rewatch before deciding to do this podcast. <laughs> a rewatch when we started this po- particular podcast, and now I'm rewatching him again. And, and I didn't start watching Supernatural when it first came out. There, I, I guess I've been in Azuma for about two years. They sent me to <laughs> St. Louis, Missouri. Look at that fucking synergy universe anecdote uh-huh. to check on one of our drivers up there because they thought he might be bailing out. They're like, we don't need to do anything. Just go up for the weekend. And then on a Monday, we'll call you and tell you whether or not you need to go do anything or you'll fly home. I was like, well, I got nothing to do and I don't want to go spend a bunch of, bunch of money. So I'm going to sit here in the hotel room and drink on the company dime and watch Supernatural. And I binge watch the shit out of Supernatural. And that's how I kind of got into it the first time. My dad's a very big fan of Supernatural. Um, he retired and TBS was doing episodes of Supernatural and he watched every episode through TBS. Was it TBS or TNT? One of those channels was doing it. He watched every episode through that. He's a huge fan of Supernatural. <laughs> I want to say it was TNT because I remember like me picking up Supernatural at one point after Anthony swearing up and down that I need to watch the show. Yeah, I started watching it with Anthony. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I think I was, I was working out of town and I turned it on. And I was like, I'm going to sit here and watch this episode. And it was a really good episode. I called Anthony and said, Dang, this episode, this show's kind of good. I'm telling him what is the episode. He's like, Oh, no, why are you watching this? I watched like some episode in like the middle of like season 14. He's like, Or no. He's like, You're spoiling everything. Get the hell out of there. Like, it was like, It wasn't that late. <laughs> it gets pretty lore heavy pretty quick. It, there's a definite story arc for those first five seasons before it falls into a rhythm of, Oh, no, we fucked this up. We've got to solve this problem. Oh, no, we've solved this problem. Now we fucked this <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> they, they start chasing their own tail. And uh, that is pretty much the cycle for season six through 15. Yep. And a fucking Rube Goldberg of uh, a uh, cosmic consequences that goes as big as it possibly can by the end of the series. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, I, it, like I said, it's it's not always perfect, but it's generally usually good. And I, I do definitely have a soft spot for the show, even though we like to give it a hard time on this. But that will absolutely wrap up this. So let's talk about what we're making for this episode. Not really a monster that the guys have to deal with in this particular one, but there is that flame ghost, even if it ended up being a protective guardian spirit. Because we do find out the mom was fighting off the other poltergeist and keeping the, the family safe. Do we want to make a a neutral good, lawful neutral flaming ghost? Is that what do you what do you guys got on deck? I, I wanted to make a Missouri NPC. Oh, all right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. Right. I don't oh, know what it's gonna well, be though. But yeah, I thought about that too. 
Oh, no, that's great. So, well, let's let's look at what our our class options are. Let's go over to the D and D Beyond. It's a great idea. Uh, a psychic, a psychic, mm-hmm. something comes to mind from Tosh is one of the psychic subclasses. Is there a is there a psionic cleric? Something close to that? Oh, it's is it a sorcerer? Maybe maybe it's just the one I used. Or the uh, the sorcerer is the one I used for Raven, isn't it? Clockwork Soul. Sorcerer, Clockwork Soul. Is that one you've got? Um, what about just a divination wizard? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You got you. You've got my attention. Where, where do you think we're going with it? It's somebody who's definitely got, and we could even just drop the psychic feed. Oh yeah, ethereal sight. You can see into the ethereal plane. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you've got your portents. Obviously, you got your expert divination. Uh, you got third eye. Um, increase your powers of perception, dark vision, ethereal sight, greater comprehension, see greater portent. Um, but then I think you also go, you give her the, what is the feat from Tasha's? Um, let's go feats. Druid class, magical miscellany feats. What, what feat are you looking for? Like, what does it do? Um, it's a psychic feat specifically uh, that gives you telepathy, fighting initiate, meta magic, piercer, poisoner. Oh, you should, like let you use mage. Telepathic. It, yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. called telepathic. Uh, it gives you detect thoughts. Oh, okay. Um, you can cast the detect thought spells requiring no spells or components, uh, but you must finish a long rest before you cast it this way again. Uh, you can speak telepathically to any creature you see within 60 feet. Your telepathic utterances are in a language, you know? Um, so I think you give her, Oh, what is the, what is the warlock that has that same, I, Missouri doesn't strike me as a warlock, but there's a warlock feat that or a warlock class. It's like an elder gentrification. Yeah. I think it's now, hang on. Let's go player's handbook. Let's go warlock. Great. Uh, Yeah. It's the great old one. That's got a, um, I don't think really cla- doesn't fit for her overall. No, I, I like the divination wizard for her. Okay, divination wizard. We want to give her the f- the uh, div wizard. Do we want to give her the feat for telepathic or no? Yeah, I like that too. Do what level you guys want to plunk her down at? Um, um I'd say she's at least like ten or so if we're looking at divination wizard because she's got to have the uh, the third eye. Use your action to increase your powers of perception. Uh, the ethereal sight, the greater comprehension. Like, at, yeah, I'd say she's at least level 10. Cool. Let's uh, give me a uh, stat spread. Ooh. Um, how many ASIs do wizards get at that level 10? Was that one would or have two? Gone through, would have gone through twice. So you can go ASI. What's funny is she would, she would actually, in, in the way that she's played, she would actually have more wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, she's going to need intelligence just to be a wizard in D&D. <laughs> so say the starting stats are highest would be intel second wisdom third con no charisma she took a crotch crotch dresser <laughs> but yeah you can go charisma yeah no she took a good fucking crotch shot by dresser. <laughs> wait, got- wait a second wait a second i'm sorry i just i heard what he said incorrectly and just i was trying to put together the words and so i'm just really glad that it finally happened sorry <laughs> i was like she took a crotch what oh my <laughs> with the dresser man okay all right um okay anyways okay so <laughs> I, I was gonna say third highest would be con but i'm gonna say third highest should be um charisma just because she was so cool <laughs> yeah i like that then definitely, con. definitely proficient in intimidation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then con, then strength, 
And apparently persuasion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, her lowest stat should be her dexterity, clearly. I would say yes. Because <laughs> yeah, the, the dresser? Because, yeah, because of, of the cross dresser, yeah. Um, and then uh, put the two ASIs into... Wisdom wisdom and int? Into, yeah, one into intel? Yeah. yeah, wisdom and intel, yeah. Cool. Oh, wait, when is she getting the feet, though? She has to take the feet on one of those. She's variant human. She gets it first. Oh, level. okay. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Born with the sight, my friend. Born with the sight. So then uh-huh. are we putting the plus one into... Because um, she gets two different plus ones. Are we putting those into wisdom and intel also? Yeah, yeah. I would say load wisdom and intel for both for uh-huh. stat increases across the board, yeah. I was going to say do do intel and charisma you know, on, for okay. the, for yeah. the one and one. That works. Anybody else got any ideas? Nah, man, I think that covers it pretty well. I'll I'll do a, a spell spread that kind of leans into um, kind of the divination and abjuration aspects uh, that focus on kind of getting rid of ghosts and stuff. Um, we'll, we'll kind of dip her spell book very much into the supernatural protector guide and give her a um, what background do you want to pick for her? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I don't know if we know enough about it. I mean, we can pick one, but uh, I mean, I, I think just to imagine. we don't really know. Yeah, we can kind of pick one out um my first thought said sage mm-hmm. that works yeah and she kind of yeah she kind of know she knew what was out there and all that kind of stuff too so I, I, I sage or hermit maybe yeah i like sage i mean she's she's selling her services i wouldn't classify her as a hermit for sure true so. that sounded bad <laughs> <laughs> selling, selling uh her psychic counseling for sure there we go That's a little bit better yeah so well, cool, man. I think I think that does it then for Missouri. Is there any magical items you want to drop on her right off the rip? She doesn't really have like a um, like some characters will show up that have a uh, a trademark weapon or a trademark item with them. She really doesn't. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I don't know. Spellcasting components, just a big big ass bag of spellcasting <laughs> components for me. Give her, give her give her some uh, some hoodoo bags. All right, groovy. Yeah. Well then, that's person. That's going to wrap it up for episode nine of the Hunter's Party. Let's see what's on deck for episode 10. Episode 10. That's a silent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, y'all do not sound excited. Jesus. Well, it's just this one is so strong, man. Uh, I, don't remember, I don't remember how good this episode is. Is that the friend that Daddy Daddy D, Daddy Winchester knows and he's doing, basically doing him a favor? Going to check out a friend? Um. Is is it that one? Mm, yeah, let's go. Asylum, episode 10, Supernatural. When I saw it, I thought that's what the episode was. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. And that, like the, uh, that, that's best. It comes back later. Yeah, it, it, that guy comes back several times. That's that's not this one, I don't think. Hang on, let's go. Yeah. Tom Pickett and Arm Armor. Okay. The two after Asylum are... are was it a one's flu or was it a cuckoo's nest? Ref- no, because that was the that's the asylum one I'm thinking of. The one flu or cuckoo's nest kind of reference one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely an episode like that. This is not this is not that one. This one is just about a haunted asylum um, that two kids get caught in. So yeah, um, it's more monster of the weeky, and it'll definitely give us something to to homebrew on the monster side of things. Um, it's just. You know, after, as strong as this episode was, it kind of goes back to a little bit of a generic <laughs> association, and there might be some questionable characterizations about mental health in there. We'll see how it goes. So we will see what what fresh uh, questionable characterizations Supernatural can bring us 
next. But anyway, that guys, that wraps up episode nine of the Hunters Party. Thank you as always for joining us. If you're hearing this episode, you're one of our extremely generous, extremely uh, uh, wise and flaming protecting patrons. And we appreciate you uh, joining us for this journey down a uh, questionably, questionably well-written, but always enjoyable show that we get to create some D&D content off of. Thank you, Jazz, Harland, Anthony, for your time and joining me for this episode. Hope you enjoyed the show. 